Today we're reviewing The Last of Us Part 2. Is the game The Last Jedi of video games? Or is it praised like Citizen Kane? Just kidding, that movie sucks too. <laughs> Did the leaks ruin our lives? What do we think about the, the game? We're going to tell you anyways because it's our show. Welcome to the Mark and Mark Podcast. Cue the intro. So, oh. No, yeah, no. You were going to say, like, we should talk about the first game or or how long it took us? So, I want to talk about. Well, obviously, first of all, we're talking about The Last of Us Part 2. Um. We'll we'll talk a little bit non spoilers first before we end up getting to the not the very spoiler side. Uh, very long game, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, so give you our thoughts on the game first, uh, without spoiling as much as we can as possible, and then we'll go into the the deep meat and guts of the game. But yeah. So, as this being for the second part of the game, let's talk about the first part of the game. Um, so, do you want to start off, Mark, with how you thought about the first part of the game? Um, I, I didn't get to play until it came, until like remastered, maybe about oh, like yeah. a couple years ago when I first played it. Uh, S- same as well. I didn't. I, it took me a while to play the first game until I got on remastered on the PS4. Um, I. I thought the story was really good. Like this, uh, this man who is like, who does non good things. Right. And just like over time finds his humanity through his like child, like partner. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like he re- reconnects with his humanity, right? And then, like, uh, you connect with all these different characters with Tess, there's Bill. Um, the, the gameplay, especially, it's, I think, it was really fun. Like, you had to, like, stealth around. Even though, like, the stealth was a, a little bit more, I guess, difficult or more interactive in the second game. Um, just seeing the journey with Ellie and Joel is very cinematic, like cinematic esque. I guess. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're you're right. Uh, no doubt that the 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 true heart of the first game was definitely from the the relationship and bond between Joel and Ellie in the first game, because you go from this tragic backstory of Joel and then you see him through dialogue and action of who's become this like ruthless and brutal survivor throughout the entire apocalypse of the first game and then when he meets Ellie it it sort of chips away at that hardened and that crude part of his of his being and he becomes this more humane and more caring person and through their relationship, you, you feel for both of these characters and you just want a good and happy ending for them. And it was one of the first games where I thought like, wow, I'm not, I didn't really see a video game. I, it felt like more like almost like a film I was playing through, like a 30 hour, a 
30 25 hour film of just playing and watching these characters grow and interact with each other and hoping for the best for them at the end it's one of those few games where i thought like wow i can't believe i waited so long to play this because <laughs> i didn't play it till like maybe end of 2017 or 2018 took me a while just just to play the last of us and that game came out like what the tail end of the ps3 yeah so it's kind of crazy how like this their the sequel itself mirrors the first one as that it comes at the tail end of the ps4 where we're just at right around the corner of the next gen console like like where the second game like it tested the limits of the PS4, and you're like, "Does it? Do we really need the PS5 now?" Like, I feel like this is one of those games that says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, if we can pull this off with a PS4, like, there's a lot of like life left in it. Oh no, no doubt. There's no doubt they're gonna remake. A bunch of these games from the ps4 to the ps5 uh remastered and they're all like hd 2k whatever <laughs> yeah well yeah i think the last of us is definitely the first one at least is definitely one of those games that define the error that it came out in, in video game uh achievements and storytelling now do you want to dive in, into part two now um, I'll, I'll say like with part two, at least non like non spoiler. I feel like this game cemented The Last of Us as one of the uh, crowning franchises of the PlayStation um, line of games. Mm-hmm. They're exclusive uh, titles. Yeah. Um, do you want to start this time with? non-spoiler yeah let's start off with non-spoilers first so we can talk about um how about we talk about the the mechanics of the game you know we could talk about what you what you think of the graph the graphics and the motion capture performances oh my um i found very minimal like clipping or like any glitchy type movements i'm sure if you really tried hard, you could manage to do it, but everything just ran so smoothly graphical-wise and, like, movement-wise. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind. Like, like, I have a PS4 Pro, and still, it's like, the fact that you're able to get this on something that came out maybe two, three years ago. And no, nah, dude, this game is, like, 100 gigs, dude. Yeah. Did you did you see that download? It was a hundred gigs, and like I just have the regular PS4, the slim down version, and I remember playing throughout the game, and that my PS4 is just like huffing and puffing, dude. <laughs> like it's 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 like overclocking right now just to put out all that hard work and like all that graphical input. Oh man, the 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 environment of the game really lush and really really beautiful but also dour yeah i i remember when red dead 2 came out i was like this is 
like the pinnacle of what we could do is like PS4 and Xbox One. I I haven't gotten on PC yet, so I'm like, I'm sure it's as amazing as it is on there. Like the Last of Us Two, I felt like proved me wrong in terms of what was possible on console, like graphic wise, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely improved on texturizing the environment you know um making it feel more lived in and more dilapidated with like the environment now growing into like cityscapes and like into the streets um real quick though i want to talk about the motion capture it is so strong and so believing just looking at how much technical improvements you have you have, you could see through like the first game to the second game because like i remember like when they're doing the first game right they're mo- mainly just getting the motion cap and not so much the the emotive repre- uh, impressions and like the textures of their face and this one they you see how, how much detail they have put in and, like it really em- emotes the actor's feelings and their acting skills into this game like you could see like creases in in between their their faces their nose their eyes it feels a lot more like lively and you could really see the pain and like the hurt and also the the love and the joy that the that these characters express yeah like um there's times where if you like look into a mirror and you zoom in the uh, the characters like they squint like Ellie squints and I'm like that is such a small detail that maybe only a few people that pay attention would like care about but they still put it in because they wanted to be like as realistic as possible mm-hmm I think this ties in, into the combat mechanics now, but the fluidity of the game from traversing from running to cover to then fighting and then re- returning back into like retreating and then attacking again. It's so fluid. The, the, the way that they, con- you're con- you control Ellie throughout the game. It's, it's crazy how, how like, thoughtful they, or how much input they put into this without ever like making it feel choppy or slow you know yeah like tying it in a little bit with like the first game i remember playing like the remaster like two years ago i was like holy shit this looks really good graphically but then playing the second one and then looking back on the first one like seeing clips of it i'm like it, it makes the first one look like old like it doesn't look as good <laughs> it definitely feels like there's a little bit of uh outdatedness but that's coming from like the ps3 to the ps4 but that remastered version is as perfect as it can be. this however the part two they have 10 times the tenfold improved on the technological advances they've put yeah. in and then like so what do you think about the uh about the combat system and the, the brutal and like horrifying <laughs> ways you can you can take down a person. 
I feel like, okay, so in general, I feel like the combat system is very similar to the first one. Not that, mm-hmm. not that that's bad or anything. I like it works, but I I see clips like not like now that I'm looking for clips after I finish the game because I I tried my best to avoid anything related to the Last of Us Part Two before I even got to play it. I saw like people like fall back down right and do like uh like make Ellie fall her back and like that's like a whole different going to prone right and then like i've seen people jump from a rope and like attack enemies and i'm like the fact that there's all these different possibilities that i didn't even get to try it, it, it like blows it, it's i feel like i'm saying this a lot of time like blows my mind no they definitely improved a lot more on their combat system in this game like I said, it's a lot more fluid. There's a fluidity flu- fluidity to how you control Ellie from like running to shooting to combat to hand to hand to yeah. meleeing, and just the it's almost like like a cinematic in itself. You know, it's it's just almost like you're watching her just tear down through these people, but like in our it's in a, in a kind of like a, a gruesome artistic way. <laughs> yeah. And those those kills though, oh Jesus, they're they are brutal. It's like you can when you take down someone, you can just see the expression in her face of like like she's she's almost like painfully doing it. Like she's like cringing, she's like not feeling like well because she's killing these people you can just see an emote from her face while she's killing people and it's like they added so much to like the stealth like you can like now hide behind like grass you can prone and like Mm -hmm. go behind shorter grass and it's like not even like foolproof because if like the enemies get a bit too close they'll find you so you can't just like stay in like a little grassy area. Mm-hmm. It makes you want, have to be on your toes. You have to constantly like be plan out each step of the way when you when you're in a combat situation like that, where there are multiple enemies. Did, did they have sniffing dogs last game? No. I, uh, so in this game, they they brought in some more new uh, archetypes. And uh, ar- yeah, enemy archetypes. And they brought in dogs, and like I had so many encounters where I thought like I'm safe in this position, right? But then I forget that if you stay in that position too long, the dog will sniff you out and then attack you and then alert the rest of the uh, group who are hunting you down. So it makes you think on your feet quick and be smart about where where you hide and where you uh, pace yourself. How about you? I know you don't like the dogs as much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like I I didn't like I, I was trying to be as stealthy as I could, but then like I got so frustrated that I texted you and then like you're like, Oh, I use like this weapon to like just like fuck him up, right? And then like It works. Like, it works. Like, oh yeah, it 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 works and then like <laughs> it made it easier. But I was like, Man, I kinda wanna like try to sneak out and like just stealth kill people but 
my type of play style is not always stealth. I just like to, <laughs> my, I kind of just go head on <laughs> most of the times, you know. There's this, uh, this is not a spoiler, but like, you can upgrade your 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 uh, type of uh, ammunition to be explosive. So whenever I see a dog and it, the dog handler, I just shoot it, shoot the dude, and then they both end up dying. But the problem with that is that everybody's notified and they're all coming to you. Yeah. But hey, that's just my play style. I, I I don't like the dogs as much, and like they they can kind of ruin the flow. But that's it's a great mechanic to bring in. It's a great way to challenge the player of how to tra- traverse throughout the game. Man. I feel like we could also like talk about like sound design, right? Oh yeah, sound design's amazing. Dude, like the noises that the infected make like the clickers like oh. the regular infected and all the other infected um archetypes they, they it, it makes my spine tingle because like it's so disgusting like, yeah i have i have speakers and like i whenever i play when i play the game i put them all the way up but whenever you're facing an infected i put them all the way down because i do not want to hear them <laughs> I, I, I connected my like headphones to the uh, controller and I played the audio through the controller. And my God, like it just makes uh like playing with headphones is like if you don't have like a good like speaker system, like headphones is like a good alternative. And like there's like this one scene where you meet a certain group. And I literally jumped out of my chair because I was scared. Like when when they shoot an arrow. I don't remember if this infected uh, archetype was in the first game, <clears throat> but they're called stalkers. No. And there's a they weren't in the first game. No. Okay, so like this no, is I also not remember. a. Oh, then we both don't remember. Maybe you, maybe one of you guys know. I don't know. <laughs> But, but whenever there is a, a scene, there's a moment in the game where you encounter them for the first time. And I had, I thought they were just regular infected, right? So it kind of just started like walking throughout the level. And these dudes just get the jump on you. And I got, I jumped out of my seat every time I, I encountered one of them. And I, I just hate that. I hate the infected in, in a good way. They're great enemies. They're really, you really have to strategize the way you plan out on taking them on. But I just hate <laughs> this, the, the the infected because they just they just creep me out. I mean, I, I guess like the encounter I talk about isn't so much spoilery because like they show it in like, or they show this group in the trailers, like the scars, right? Yeah. So the uh, just for a heads up, anyone there. Two or well, three main groups that you fight. There's infected, and then there's this militia group known as the, what was Wolf. it, the WLF, right? Or the Wolf. Washington Liberation Front, yeah. and then they they're called the Wolves, and then there's also this religious group, known as the Seraphites, and yeah. like, they're also like called Scars because they're known for having like scars again like, across their face. I I feel like they had one of the better introductions because like you just hear whistles and then like oh man that 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 that, that arrow whizzing 
by and hitting you. Like, I, 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 I paused because I, I got so scared. <laughs> but, because like my my volumes like was pretty high and I, mm-hmm. I, it was like a crazy jump scare. It's not a spoiler, but the first time you meet them, you're like in this very like foresty and grassy area. Yeah, and you're just you. You proceed as normal, right? And you're just walking. All of a sudden, you get shot with this arrow on your shoulder, and you just—it takes you off guard and puts you back on your feet, and it reinstates that like nowhere is safe, and like you gotta be on your toes and aware at all times. And I remember that scene happening too. And I, I jumped too, and I—it took me off guard. And I was, <laughs> and the way that they whistle, well, I had subtitles on, but I also had the AI subtitle subtitles on, so I could just see and hear what they're doing. And just the way they communicate with other members of their group, they whistle. And if you take one out, they'll they'll notify the other per, the other people in their group and whistle back. And it's a form of communication. And you just don't know how many there are, uh, where they are, and it makes you like be hyper aware of your surroundings and be watchful of their their communication. Yeah, and like. Going back to like the infected sound design, my god, like when you like walk into a building and you're like you know they're there because you just hear the gurgling and like the the screeches that they make and it's it's like you just wanna like, take them out as quickly as you can because it's just so disturbing. <laughs> the clickers, oh man, those big guys who like explode on you? Like I call them boomers, cause I don't know. I just play too much Left 4 Dead. But those boomers, man, they they can wreck you so hard. And every time I see one, I just run. <laughs> I run. I run as fast as I can, far away from it. Um, is there anything else to talk about before we dive into like spoilers? Um, or or do you want to talk about the show before that? No, we could talk about that at the end. But let's talk about the story. But let's be a little bit non-spoiler-ish yeah. for some people. And then we can dive in full spoilers into the story. So, uh, I think mo- majority of people would know. Or if you don't know, the part two of the game takes place as you playing as Ellie for majority of the game. Yeah, four years after the first the game. And she's like, what, 19 now, I think? Yeah. And you I, like the first game, they hinted at you playing as Ellie eventually, and like this game, you full on take on the role as Ellie, and she's grown a lot more grown. There's backstory that happens in the background, and you're wondering like what happened, what what happened to her, like what made her become like this. And the first part of the game primarily just takes in place in Jackson. Like they they, um, they throw you in like mid story happening, like um, stuff happens before, and you're just going along with what the ride takes you. Mm-hmm. It's mainly just like the first part of the game because we just want to talk about the first act of the game because. After that, then we, we're going to dive in full spoilers. Yeah. 
So what do you think about Ellie this for this this first time around? <laughs> oh man, like I think like Ashley Johnson does a wonderful job as Ellie. Like her like her way of emoting and does she do the mocap or is it someone else that does the mocap? No, uh, all the uh, voice actors like Troy Baker, a- Ashley Johnson. Um, who's that? Yeah, they all do the mocapping and they also do like the facial recording. They have like dots on their face, the camera, uh-huh. uh, the helmet rig on their face. So like they get the motion capture on their face and that can help like animators and game developers uh, animate their face into the game. Because I, I know the one that plays the character Dina, like the the character model, like like the like she's only the character model, and then like uh-huh. someone else does the uh, the voice or the mocap. I forgot. Mm-hmm. But like going back to Ellie, like she she still encapsulates Ellie. And manages to put on like a different tone and like different ways, a slight different way of speaking as like a 19 year old Ellie as opposed to a 14, 15 year old Ellie. Um, yeah, you get you definitely get that sense of that she has grown from 14 to 19. Yeah. But she still, throughout the game, she still has this sense of, like, her childlike humor and her mindset of, like, yeah. cracking corny jokes <laughs> and, like, just trying to find, like, little glimpses of good in, in the world she's in. But let's talk a little bit about her, what drives her into this first game, or into the second game, what drives her, what motivates her into embarking on to this new journey. Um, it's very, very harsh. <laughs> um, the world around her is, is brutal, and like it is beating her down and down. And like, as as you're playing as Ellie, you don't want to see her make these decisions, but they're at the same time there. You have to watch her make these things happen, and they're so brutal and dour. <laughs> And you're hoping at the end at the end of the day for her, she she comes out of this okay. That she keeps some sort of resemblance of what made her, what what made her that lovable person in the first place. But as she goes down this path of like vengeance and revenge, it starts to chip away a little by little the person she was once. She was once. And like. Um, this entire game, like, you learn what the results of your actions are, whether it be from the first or this game. Like, everything in this game is pretty much consequence-related, in terms of story, at least. Mm-hmm. Definitely a main focal point about the game is cycles and repetition and what you do now eventually comes back to come back around you 
and there's a big motif about like uh breaking the cycle you know how do you, how do we make things change or do we just fall in line and we end up repeating uh history you know do we end up falling in, into other other people's shoes and repeating the same mistakes they went through or, or how do we seek change how do we end up breaking certain things and norms and look for things that to make better of you know i think one of the uh because like during the loading screen they show something right and like i think the one of the themes is also like the butterfly effect essentially all those they, butterflies i thought of, i thought of those as moths oh <laughs> uh, i thought well maybe i read too I, much into it i thought of them as moths because they're trying to go to the light and like that could be another motif you know uh, moths trying to go to the light find trying to find some good within some darkness which is pretty much entirely Ellie's journey. She's encapsulated into like this dark and brutal world. And it's just being down on her. She's trying to find the good. What were you saying about the the, the butterfly effect? My I, bad. I figured it could have been like butterfly related, right? Because like, like I said, like about the whole like results of your actions. Like you learn mm-hmm. certain choices that have been made that have this giant ripple effect and you meet characters that are a result of some choices that have been made in the past mm-hmm. Her, Ellie's journey is definitely a uh, a testament of like what breaks a person you know but what drives a person to embark on a journey like this what embarks her to feel enraged to make to make her like want to seek out uh the people who did her wrong and it challenges her it challenges her uh human spirit of does she really want to go down this path of of hunting these people down of trying to get justice or what justice looks like to her you know and it's like a reflection of like what Joel went through in the first game within those when that within that twenty year time span from what happened with Joel in the beginning of the Last of Us Part One yeah. to where we meet him again in in the first game. It's definitely like a reflection, a mirror of like if we continue down this path, we're just gonna keep being brutal and violent to one another. Ah, and like another thing from the first game, like Joel's choice about keeping Ellie alive is a big, big like mm-hmm. focal point in this game. Mm-hmm. Like you you immediately learn some consequences in the very beginning. Like he voices his opinion, and there's like Tommy who's like, "Does she know?" and and you learn the journey of what some people may or may not know. Mm-hmm. So do you want to dive into some spoilers or is there anything else you want to say? Um, I think we can do spoilers. So 
from this point on, it will be... Let me say this one last thing, okay. So, I just want to say one one more thing before we dive head on into spoilers about this game. It's just the overall atmosphere of the world and the game. It's just, and the tone, it just feels so dropped. And it... <laughs> I'm not saying it's a depressing game. Well, it is, but it's... <laughs> it's Anytime you it, say... It, I'm not saying it's this. Well, never mind, it's this. <laughs> it, it happens a lot in conversation where I backtrack on something and then I say it again. But you always... The, the world is so encapsulating and what... It says more. The world, the atmosphere and the tone of the game says a lot more than what they're showing you or like how Ellie Ellie feels throughout her journey, you know? It yeah. feels dropped and painful and yet and hopeless as well. And as you see her make these decisions, you just want her to make better decisions. You know, you don't have to do this. You you shouldn't be doing this. But we see her just descend into like full madness and and terror <laughs> throughout the entire storyline. And that, that goes in part with Seattle being such a gloomy-ass city. <laughs> oh, well, if we're going to talk about Seattle, I think they got Seattle, like, very accurately. Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like you, like... Oh, real quick. In... We, so, you don't know. In this game, the first half, you go from Wyoming, Jackson, and then something happens, and then it marks Ellie to go on a journey to Seattle to find yeah. the people around her. So, there you go. Like, from what I've heard from people that have played it and have been in or live in Seattle, it is very, very, like, mm-hmm. accurate. The, like, um, the, the, the train, well, they don't have a train station, but they, um, have, like, the mall, right? And, like, they have, they have the convention stuff, center. Yeah. The Seattle convention center. And there's even, like, a, a little Comic Con thing going on there. Yeah. Like, and they say like the spacing between buildings is accurate, and like certain parts of Seattle, like the, the Ferris wheel looks accurate, the aquarium looks accurate. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of landmarks from Washington are into this game. So if you are from or know of the territory, then you're really gonna. The most. With that being said, I think we're going to dive head on into some spoilers. So if you yeah. are playing the game or you plan on to play the game, you probably oh, shouldn't oh, listen to this. Yeah. Part. You, you should cut it off right now and play the back. game, but please come back. Yeah. <laughs> please we come have, back and listen we to only this. Have like, we only have like two viewers <laughs> or listeners. It's, it's fine. Oh, hopefully, eventually it'll grow. But yeah, cutting off right now. Spoilers right fucking now. Joel's dead. That being yeah. Oh, okay. We're gonna go straight there. Yeah, Joel is dead. (laughs) You you like the first game? You like Joel and Ellie? Well, too bad. We're gonna kill one of them off. (laughs) That's what they said. Naughty Dog said, "Yeah, you think we can make some more money? How how about we do something crazy like kill Joel?" Your favorite video game dad. Happy Father's Day. That's what they said. 
Uh, I just realized that right now. That game came out the week of Father's Day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I understand a lot of people's like complaints, right? That oh, Joel is dead, but like, where where could he have brought Ellie's story? Um, like, what what could he have done to further her story without doing that choice? Mm. So yeah, uh, if you don't know, and if you are still listening, we just spoiled a, a huge chunk of the game for you. A major character there. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, um, I feel I this this decision makes or breaks the game. You know it. I could I I can understand it. I understand it on one hand. I can also understand the other side. You know, I'm not I'm not this one-sided person. I'm like in the middle sort of. Like I can understand why you like the game and why you like this decision. I can also understand why other people don't like this decision and don't like the game. But for me, I'm more like I'll, I'll I'm with it, but I also want to see why they like why you made this decision you know because this because joel gets killed early on in the game like within the first two hours and you're wondering like why did that just open like that and that is probably the worst <laughs> the, that, that's probably the worst part of the game no, i'm not talking like i'm like that's the, that's a terrible part of the game but that's like the worst possible thing that could happen to ellie but then as you traverse through the game you you peel back layers. You learn some more about characters and what what they did, what they did, or what why they did what they did. And you start to see a different perspective on things. Not everyone is good, and not everyone is bad. It's everyone can be in the gray. And if we're gonna talk about Joel's death, we should talk about another character that that's brought up into this game. Oh, or well, could I um, like, explain why I think that choice for story-wise was, in my opinion, understandable and arguably pretty good? Um. Yeah, we could talk about well, that. We could talk about why they decided to kill Joel. I have my opinion on that too. So go ahead. Um. So it ties into like the very end, right? Where Ellie leaves like the guitar, right? She learns that um, she needs to write her own, like, like her own chords, right? Her own story. I feel oh, like just real quick, uh, guitar. Guitars are a big motif in this game too. That's a yeah. thing you play within the game, you know. Or it's a real um, instrument. <laughs> it, it's a it's an interactive thing that you they make you do in the game. It's like one of the first things they make you do. So like, in the beginning of the game, Joel gifts ellie guitar and then throughout the game ellie's playing the guitar you know all right go ahead and, and like them killing off joel like that was their like that was them showing that this is now ellie's story like you like you have to let your darlings die out and um and tying it in with abby who is 
um, also a major part of the story. Like, she's the one who kills Joel. She is a daughter of a doctor who got killed as a result of Joel, literally, at the very end of the first game. Uh, he was, like, the doctor trying to make the cure. Or he was a doctor trying to make the cure. He was a surgeon, and, like, he was about to do surgery on Ellie, yeah. and he was hesitant. And then a uh, new character, uh, Abby, she comes in and says, you know, if that was me on the on the table, I would let you go through with it. So there's, like, a cure out there for the world. and Like, we're doing good for humanity, you know? Yeah, like, that is one of the bigger, like, butterfly effect like what is what are the consequences of your actions like scenes and like it turns into this um driving force for the second game and i i believe that i killing joel at that part it might have been a little bit early like you could have fleshed it out a little bit longer but i think the decision to kill Joel is very much justified and understandable because it allows more room for Ellie to grow and you still get your fix of Joel and the character development of their relationship through flashbacks. And I think they're like suitable flashbacks. Like it shows where their relationship went. Mm-hmm. You saw it decay. You saw it. You saw the happy points too, but you saw like them, like drifting apart. Anyways, so it makes it harder for Ellie because, well, like you learn that she didn't like um, end it on good or she didn't end it on bad terms, but it's not like. Um, it's not like it's fully term. healed. Yeah. yeah. Like, one of the instances early on in the game is that um, she's talking to Dina and she's like, oh, maybe I'll have like a movie night with Joel and like try to like patch things up more. Except that never happens. And, but like, you still learn that she's like, she ended, or like her last moments with Joel weren't terrible. Either way, I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, I think to further Ellie and develop her even more and make her her own thing, her own, like, um, strong character, you have to, like, let the past die out. Mm-hmm. How about your opinion? Um... So here's where I stand with the with the Joel death. So I remember, we'll start with, with this. I remember when the leaks happened for this game, and it happened what around March or April, and I remember a lot of people saying like, "This is gonna be the last Jedi of the game. Like you guys are gonna hate it." And there was like this big controversial thing. I never, I, I, I stayed away from the leaks. I, I never wanted to look at them. I didn't want to hear from them. I blocked that all out. And I thought, okay, whatever. Like, if there is a, if there is a big character death, um, I'll, I'll 
go in, go in open-minded and see what happens. And as you're playing through the game, you play as this other character, Abby. And you're thinking, like, who the hell is her? What's her deal? Why are they looking for Joel? And it turns out that she she's hunting down Joel. And, like, her story is the was the, essentially the cataclysm of what happened in the first game where Joel decided to save Ellie and, like, kill off the remaining members of the Fireflies and, like, not go through with the cure. Uh, which in, which inevitably meant killing the surgeon, the surgeons and the doctors who were going to perform the operation and one of them being Ellie's father and thus... No, Abby's father. Or Abby's father. <laughs> thus, uh, Abby's journey for revenge and vengeance for the death of her father by hunting Joel down. And I get the motivation, right? I'm 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 okay with them killing Joel. I guess the it's not my main gripe because I'm I'm okay with how they killed I'm okay that they killed Joel. I just wish that we spent a little bit more time in between that, you know? Because there I felt like there is a lot more pacing issues in this game. I felt there is there are moments where like they're building up something and then they kind of just cut it off and then you build it up again and then they split it again. I don't know. Um, for me, there, there are moments where I felt like you could have added this part into the game into like maybe towards the beginning. Because I you, there's definitely a part where during the flashbacks, there's a lot of flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's maybe like eight of them. <laughs> I was thinking, like, maybe you could have added some of these flashbacks towards the beginning of the game instead of having the player progress through the story and then cut it out and then play through the flashback and progress again and cut it out, play through the flashback. I felt like it would have made the story more fluid. It would have made the game, the gameplay a lot more fluid. Or just the story in general. Um... What I'm not cool with is like the amount of people review bombing the game because of this just one this one part, you know, like a lot of people are like really upset about this, and it kind of makes me wonder like how many of those people actually finished the game, you know? Yeah. Like, how many of those people actually took the time to play this thirty plus goddamn hour game? Because <laughs> it is long. <laughs> and if you look right now, I think it's on Metacritic. It's like. Look at three point nine on user score. And it's just insane how many people are just jumping so quick. Um so quick to like a, a decision without ever completing the game. How about you? What do you think about the people's reactions to this one part of the game? I, I, yeah, no, I very much agree. Like, it's, I feel like a lot of people were very much attached to Joel, which is very understandable. But, I mean, I was, I was very attached to Joel. And seeing him the, for, for the first time and like only playing like within two hours of the game, you see him die. It's heartbreaking, you know? But that's, I think, the reaction they elicited. That's the reaction they wanted, you know? Yeah, like, one of the 
themes, right, is like hate. Um, and as much like as like Ellie like hated Abby because of it. One of the things in the end is that she lets um, her go because it's what breaking like the cycle. But also it's like we, 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 or like let's talk in general, like people hated Abby because of the decision, right? Mm. I think um, they allowed you to sympathize and understand her side through showing her flashbacks, her um, journey as well in Seattle. And like what I think people aren't understanding is that she's also, it's, it's like what if, if you originally played the first game and it was like Abby's story, would you hate like someone trying to like, Like, what do you hate if someone killed your father? It's like, it's like, um, same thing, right? Like, uh, I, I think I just got lost. Uh, but no, like, I uh, think what you're trying to say is like, what if like someone took away a lo- like something you love most, whether it be a loved one no, no, or I, like a friend, right? I think, and I, then like, I think I found my point. Like, we, we are very much, uh, like, built into like this perspective right that like because we saw it through joel's and ellie's eyes in the first game that you you're justifying their like decisions and their choices and like things that they like go through but like in hindsight were like they weren't exactly the best people like if you're and like you get shown Abby's perspective and you're like, okay, this fucked up. Like Joel, um, choosing to not let Ellie be the cure, just fucked up. And Joel doesn't start off right. the good, as a good guy either. Like there's that scene in the first game where like you see like the injured guy running down towards the street at them and he's like he's not hurt, and you run through them and then like you find out they're a bunch of like hunters and trying to kill you and you find out like oh joe used to do this you know with his brother they used to like pretend they're hurt on the street and people would fall for it and then they would kill them and take their supplies and whatnot yeah so joel is never established as like a true good guy you know there's this gray underlining thing uh to to his character where he's like he did the necessary things in order to survive, whether that meant killing another family or something to get supplies or scavenging around, you know. He's, he was willing to do things for himself only at the time. Yeah, I, I think, like, it goes into that point, right? It's like, it's all about what lens you're viewing the story through. Like, if you're viewing, like, someone's story through Joel's eyes, of course, like, you're going to be very protective. But I'm like, if you're giving someone else's perspective, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what happened on the other side. And this is what the consequences were. Or was this choice really that good? But I, I think, um, I'll also play devil's advocate, right? Like 
you're only introduced to Abby maybe for like, like an hour good, in the game. Yeah. Or like you only see her five maybe ten minutes total before that happens, right? Or no, like a good hour, right? And I'm like it's like um you're introduced to, like if it's I haven't watched Game of Thrones. But like if you were given this new character and it kills off a major character I understand like You're gonna be why. like what the hell? why they who, who is this guy, right? And why yeah. they just kill this big character? Yeah. But I feel like they also mitigated that by allowing you to like like you learn of her scared of heights almost instantly and it humanizes her and you're like okay she's this human and like she's a buff ass human though <laughs> yeah and then you learn about their like her problematic romantic life with owen and then like which is because or what is it like her ex-boyfriend or partner yeah and then even though she killed joel she allowed tommy she allowed dina and ellie to live because she knew like okay like these people haven't had anything to do with what happened to me besides maybe ellie because she was the probable cure so i'm only gonna like kill joel like she it was just her trying to like um rectify her decision rectify what happened in the past mm-hmm. and she also did that at the very end like she allowed ellie to like go well not the very end but like when they meet back at the aquarium like she gave them a third chance like you played through her story and you're like you don't like do you really want her to kill ellie of course not but she understands what i i guess violence will do like she she doesn't have a reason to kill ellie um but you know like everything and i think every choice like no one is a protagonist no one's the antagonist clearly like we play mainly as Ellie, but she does her own, you know, questionable choices. And, like, you get to sympathize with characters. Like, there's, like, this one wolf that has a PSP, right? I think it's a Vito. Yeah, and, like, um, you kill her, like, pretty quick as Ellie. But you see her in, like the hospital later on with a uh, Abby and you're like oh like they're humans they're like it's like seeing ghosts you know you yeah. you play through it. it's almost like seeing the future timeline and then seeing it as path the when you're playing as Ellie it's like a future timeline and then when you play as Abby it's almost like uh things that happened before uh, we're, we're before Ellie's storyline, and like it's like seeing ghosts of people, you know. There's like 
you be you see other people that you play as Abby and you're like you know their demise is coming because you know when you play as Ellie you certain people are gonna go and you 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 know in the back of your head that like oh one by one each one of these people Abby knows and cares about are gonna die at the hands of Ellie eventually yeah and it makes you feel this is what another aspect of the game that either makes or breaks it for the player you know, I can see how some people argue like, oh, I don't want to sympathize with the murderer who just killed Joel. Or other people are like, oh, I can see the reason of, I can see the redemption are trying to be, that are being planted for, for Abby and her trying to get out of this system of revenge and whatnot. And it makes you think about like, where where does Abby want to go? Because as soon as she gets her, her her revenge, right? As soon as she kills Joel, when you play as her like halfway mid-game after playing as Ellie, you can see that like she doesn't know what to do anymore. Like she built up her whole entire life's purpose into killing this one guy. And now that she's accomplished it, she she pretty much lost all the most her most important people around her, like Owen is not being is not around, you know. He's not there for her. Um, he has a new relationship out of out of with another girl that is not with Abby. Uh, um, I I think yeah. she found her new purpose at the very end of day one, though. What do you mean, like finding Owen? No. Um, she gets uh, caught by scars and then. Yara and Lev, like oh yeah, so I think what I think what I'm trying to say is that like at the it's almost like a mirror to what what Ellie's path could have been if she got her revenge at the end. You know, if Ellie got her revenge and killed uh, Abby, it would have felt like a a moment of like unsatisfaction because like by the time. By the time she comes back to Seattle, you know, like, uh, things are moving quick for her. Like, Owen's not there for her. He's, he's not, re- he's not uh, reporting back into the, to the, uh, WLF, you know, he's gone AWOL now. And then, like, she doesn't find her purpose until much later on when she helps, yeah. uh, the girl, the, the, the two, the two kids. But even in the first uh, encounter with them, you're, she doesn't really like uh, care about them. Like she's just trying to get on her merry way and get to Owen. It's in her second uh, second interaction with them, where one of them needs medical attention, that she she does have to embark on this journey and help these kids. And then through that journey, she does form a, a relationship with these kids, and she does end up caring for them. You know, it gave her a new sense of purpose. Wait. Which one was the second interaction? Because didn't Yara's arm get break? Like the second interaction is when like uh when when you drop them off the trailer, right? And then she leaves, and then she comes back, and they she sees that they got attacked, and like uh Yara, one of the kids that she res she's rescued by, needs medical attention, and like she has to bring them to Owen and uh Mel, who are at the aquarium. Oh, I thought. I thought um, 
the arm got broken during the first interaction, she yeah, yeah. saves them and gives them to like a little trailer. But yeah, like, but at that point, she's like, like, like uh, she's thinking like, oh, I'm not gonna see you again. Like, like, uh, like, uh, be be sure to leave early in the morning. I think that's what she said. Like, there's a lot of people around here, so make sure you leave early in the morning before they come. But so she's she, not expecting to see them again. Didn't she have like a nightmare? Um, when she slept in the aquarium and she was like, I gotta just, I gotta save them. Mm, no, I don't think so. I thought she did. She, and she was like, I gotta go back. And that's why you go back to the trailer. At that point, I don't think you, you get to the aquarium, no? No, that's why she was like saying, oh, I could bring her back to Owens. I think you and I have have remembered this game very differently because, oh. like, I remember. <laughs> Wait, no, I swear to God, like, like this all happened in day one, right? And like, you go see Owen in the aquarium, mm-hmm. and then you sleep, right? And then like she wakes up with like a nightmare, and she's like, "I gotta like, I just gotta save them." And then that's when day two starts. Is that when you're on the bridge going back to the trailer park? Hmm. I don't remember that nightmare scene. Well, not nightmare, but she had like a vision. She was like, "I, I can't just let them be on their own." I thought she just was trying to get back to the WLF because, like, she had to leave that charge. Remember? Remember, they're like the whole, the whole thing with the WLF is like they have this civil war with like this the Seraphites and. Uh, the leader of them, or Isaac, he's like, oh, I need you to man the front of the first wave, and we're gonna invade like the Seraphite's land. And then, like, she, the reason why she gets up early in the morning is so that she can go back to the like the HQ. But then she just so happens to like run into them again, right? And they're still no. at the trailer. I could have sworn she was like, I got it. Like, she woke up. And was like I, I can't like. I can't just leave them there. I could have sworn. Did we not play the same game? You and I remember things very differently. I could have. I don't know. Whoever is listening, you can you can probably correct this. I could, but either way, I. I don't think her, like her inter- second interaction was chance. I thought that was her literally going back to check and like. Make sure that they're doing fine. And then she sees Yara with a worse arm. She's like, I gotta, I gotta bring her, I literally gotta bring her back. Hmm. I don't remember that, that flashback. I do remember Owen talking about, like, he's tired of, like, this war they're fighting in. And, like, he wants to go to Santa Barbara to join this band of fireflies that are still around. I don't remember that flash or like that, that dream sequence or something. It wasn't like a dream sequence. She just like had like a, like a small little like vision of like the, tr- uh, of the kids. And was like, I can't just leave them in like the little trailer. Mm. Like, like who the fuck is going to like get them out? Like, I don't think, like, she didn't think, like, Love would be able to do it on his own. Well, anyways. <laughs> and someone can figure that out for us. Yeah. I don't know. But 
what I'm trying to say is that she finds her new purpose of like taking care of these kids. Because like this whole point, she just uh she has nothing without like Owen by her side. Like because like Owen's like her best friend or like her friend since like they were still fireflies back back like four years ago and they were they known each other for a long time and you get this sense that they built this relationship up and this friendship. And like essentially that that's like the only person that kept her grounded you know and even then when when they killed joel when she her group killed joel he was like just get it over with like get it over just kill this one guy and let's go and then when you see him again he has this change of heart of like you know i'm tired of all this bloodshed and this killing you know i don't want to I don't want to fight anymore. I, I just want to find something good to do. Like I want to be someone who brings some good into the world, and that's that's what they saw when there were fireflies there. You know, they were find they were trying to find this cure. They're like the, the only group in the first game that were trying to do some good and find a cure, a cure so they can go back to normal. You know, <clears throat> and it kind of goes in into that motif of like the moth going to the light. Owen's kind of like trying to find some good within between the civil war and when when you when abby has to like take on this task of like trying to take care of these kids that kind of reinvigorates her purpose in life again like uh these kids are kind of outcasts in their own group like they have done things that have made them targets of their own group and they need help and like Abby's the only one who's willing to help them and take care of them and make sure their their lives end up better than hers. It's definitely a mirror image of like what Joel and Ellie were in the first game with Abby and Lev. Yeah. What do you think? About the how about them being a mirror images? Mm-hmm. About Abby and Lev and her journey, and like, essentially, she's trying to have a redemption arc. You know, it's kind of like a, uh, like I said, like a mirror image of both Ellie's journey and Abby's journey, where at or Ellie's on this path of revenge, whereas Abby's on this path of redemption, trying to find purpose in life again, like trying to find something that keeps her going, whereas. Ellie's a hundred percent motivated on revenge and vengeance upon Abby. I think it's, I think it's just like the same way that uh, I described Joel earlier. It's like he, like she's like um, this mercenary who is on his journey, and then she f- reconnects with his, with her humanity through her new child companion. Love <laughs> her new child companion. Yeah, like Joel had a <laughs> child companion, Ellie, and then like he re- reconnected with his humanity, oh. and then like <laughs> she, uh, Abby, reconnected with her humanity through love. Mm-hmm. Um. What else is there? I mean, we can also talk about how, like, uh, 
we can also talk about a little bit of the end of the game. Like, so, like, I was talking earlier how, like, Abby sort of had, like, after she got her revenge and completed her journey at Jackson and came back to Seattle, that she kind of felt, like, unfulfilled, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, she killed the guy uh, who killed her father. And you can, you even talk with her friends, and they're like, yeah, like, now that we killed the guy, like, what do we do? Like, um, they're trying to find some sense of, of purpose now. I think it was Mel who was, like, uh, who's, like, the pregnant lady of Abby's group. And she's, she's like, she's having a kid with Owen, which makes, like, the, makes conversations and, like, makes their relationship between Abby and Owen and Mel complicated. She's, like, oh, yeah, like, like, killing Joel was, like, that was cool and all, like, and you finally got your revenge, but now what are we going to do? What's our purpose of, like, how do we, how do we continue on with life, you know? And, like, Abby just dedicated so much time and, like, she sacrificed her own self and built herself up just to kill this one person. And now that she's done it, she kind of feels unfulfilled. And that mirrors at the end, like, towards the end of the game where, where Ellie, who who's spared by Abby, you know, they fight the mid-climax of the game and, like, uh, Abby decides to spare Ellie. And let her live her life. Ellie the same way feels unsatisfied. And like. She's trying to get over. The the fact that she's not with Joel anymore. You know mm-hmm. she's she's trying to get over. The, like you know I'm done with this path of revenge. I can't go down this road anymore. Look what I have now. Like I have. I have a, I have a, I have a girlfriend. We have a kid. We we're living isolated. We're have a, we're in a, we're in a farm. We're taking care of each other. You know, we have a home. And like, but she still struggles with that. With the acceptance of like letting this one person go, and she still struggles with the idea of like, is going down this path of revenge still worth it? Like, am I still gonna have everything when I come back? You know. And we see that with Tommy. Tom yeah. Tommy's a perfect reflection of that. You know. This guy lost his brother. He lost his uh his, his uh his niece in the first game. And now he's lost his wife. He's lost a physical piece of himself and he can't really function anymore, you know. He can't walk properly. He can't he's <laughs> he's he's missing an eye. He's blind. <laughs> yeah. Uh he he also feels responsible for spoiler alert well, anyways, this is a spoiler part of the of the conversation. Anyway, so why why am I saying that? But like, he also feels responsible for the death of Jesse. You know, like, the, the, um, he had these people come after him because they are so concerned about him, right? And yet, he can't help but feel responsible for the death of Jesse, who was just trying to bring him back home. You know, so you can see like what what revenge and hatred and anger has done to him like it took it took a physical piece of him and also a mental piece of him you know he cannot he can never fully recover and when he brings up the idea of going back to uh get abby to ellie he's like she's still out there we we still got to go after her uh we can't let her go like this like she killed joan we gotta we gotta get out get after her 
but you see Ellie's trying to like struggle she struggles with that conception of like I cannot risk everything and and like and lose everything once again like I, I I care about Joel I love Joel you know and she's like but I also have found something new I have started a new life for myself I have a kid I have, I have a girlfriend and we have a home and you can just see how like it plagued him. It like almost poisoned him to the point of like he's he has this deep obsession obsession of like just wanting to finish this this uh this uh, journey of revenge. Yeah, and like like Dina was also like one of those like like the juxtaposition like 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 you said like she has this family like you can't like is it worth going after her like Dina won't, wouldn't know if she died or not like on the on, on the pathway there right mm-hmm. because it's such a trek like going from like around Jackson or like around that area all the way down to Santa Barbara like it took her about like a couple months. Like imagine like imagine if we were in those shoes, like like no form of communication. All you get is like, oh, like I'm gonna go get revenge. If I see you, I see you. Like she has a family, like you can't but also at the same time like you need to fulfill this hole in your heart. Like she was literally torn between two things, and then in the end, she lost both of them. Mm-hmm. It's that idea of like obsession and love will make you do the best things in life, but also make you do the worst things in life, or make you act on your worst tendencies. Like, like when Joel set out to save Ellie. He was doing that out of, like, love and compassion for this girl that he's finally found. And, like, it made him reconnect with his human side. And he made him feel like, I could restart life again, you know? I can be a father again. I could take care of this girl. She deserves better. But at the same time, his love and compassion for Ellie has also set down a path of, like, hate and anger for Abby. Because she lost everything when, when, um... When Joel went out to save Abby, she lost her father. The fireflies disbanded. Well, she Joel, had Joel to saved Ellie, not Abby. Oh yeah, did I say that wrong? Yeah, yeah I meant when Joel said saved Abby or Ellie. I almost <laughs> said it again. But yeah, because of that decision, it ruined Abby's life. You know, it, she had to go find a new group with her best friend with Owen, or was were they dating at the time? I think they were dating at the time. So they had to like reconcile. They had to, like, find refuge with another group. Whereas, like, the polar opposite with, with uh, Ellie and Joel, they were, ha- they were, like, bonding some more. They were having, like, a normal father-daughter relationship back in Jackson. And, like, you- eventually it slowly crumbles away because Ellie eventually finds out the truth that Joel was lying to her the whole time. And there, there could have been a cure. And that goes into the idea of like, like losing sense of like, 
dignity or robbing someone of purpose, you know? Because, like, Joel robbed Abby of her father. And he, she, he also robbed Ellie of, like, her entire purpose of being, like, the one person that can cure this whole thing. But it takes a while for Ellie to get into her, into his perspective and see, like, what she has brought into Joel's life, you know? Like, why, the perspective of, like, why did he save her, what he meant to her, you know? And it wasn't until that very, the very end moment of the game where she realizes, like, what you did was wrong and what you did robbed me of my choice. But I'm still... I still want to be around you. I still, I'm just trying to, let's fix this. Let's try and fix this somehow, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there like, what else have we not touched on? Mm. I mean, that's the main story beat elements of it. Um, Ellie's path down revenge and of trying to get Joel, revenge for Joel and then Abby's path of redemption. And that coincides of them achieving none of their goals. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say about the game? What 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 do you feel about the game's ending and the overall meaning? I I I feel satisfied well not satisfied, but I'm content with how it ended because mm-hmm. like I guess in a way maybe I may be looking too deep into this but like Neil Druckmann was able to like hold a mirror up to us and be like look you hate like you're, you 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 may hate like what we did with like Abby killing Joel but like maybe just like Ellie at the end, like you gotta like think about it. Like, is it, would it have been worth killing Abby just for the sake of fulfilling that small hole where in, mm-hmm. where in reality, like, like, would you just like be in the same cycle over and over again? Like if we killed Abby, Lev would be like, would have come after us at eventually. Right. And then like, mm-hmm. It just there could have... Go on here. No, I was gonna say there is like a point at the end of the game where like Lev is unconscious and whatnot, and like, what if at that point where like Ellie decided to like commit to and like kill Abby, you know, and then she she could have either li- let Lev live or like kill him at that very moment, and that could have gone one of two very ways. And let's say she did leave him. And, or yeah, leave live leave him on the boat, you know, conscious, right? And like he does wake up eventually, and he sees like, oh, Abby's dead, and like, I know the one person who would do this to her, and like, he would then continue continue this cycle of like revenge, violence, and anger and hate. And it comes to a point, where, like, how do we stop that? Like, how do we heal that? You know, because of. Because essentially we're just repeating in the same steps of every other person who's gone through this journey. I mean, Joel's a perfect example of that, of that reflection. Yeah, like, like it says, like, 
extra like a lot of, uh, if a lot if not most everybody that played it would have like hated that Joel died right and like like I said like I feel like it's really holding a mirror to us it's like look you, sometimes you gotta like let things go because uh-huh. it may not be worth it in the end mm-hmm. like would would you being able to kill out Abby like really make that a difference from like a 5 out of 10 to like a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. I bet all those people who are hating on this decision that they killed with Joel I bet you it was much harder for Neil Druckmann and Troy Baker to have this character die off because I bet you they if, if I bet you they love this character just as much as anyone else, and especially for Neil and Troy, who did an excellent job writing his story and his and his, and Troy giving up that great performance. It was made more harder for them to probably commit through that than the player to actually experience it. You know, it could have gone a million different ways. You know, and like set uh, Ellie on this path, but. There is probably no one in this world who loves that character of, of Joel more than Neil Druckmann and Troy Baker. Like I'm sure, like they started production in the, of this in like 2014 or 2015. Like he started writing it. I'm sure over the years, from maybe like 2015 to like 2018, when he when they're like doing the story and like game development. I'm sure he's thought about that decision many times over and was like, is it really the right choice? Mm-hmm. And he's a professional writer. Everyone else that criticized it, there's a good chance there may not, they may not be an actual like person that studied screenwriting or is a writer. I, I, I barely took like one class of screenwriting. You took <laughs> like what, two? Yeah. Like, our opinion isn't as, like, like, strong. It's not justified, or it doesn't, it doesn't make anyone else's opinions uh, lesser than ours. We're just putting our thoughts out there. And you can, you, you guys can make up your own opinions. We're just saying that, like, yeah, go ahead, please. This is your platform. (laughs) I'm sure all the critics, right, that gave it the 10, the 9 out of 10s, I'm sure they're way more qualified and, like, they have um, a better understanding of how this worked than, like, almost everyone that is review bombing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of people are acting out of emotion, which is very much like what a lot of the first game and what a lot of the second game was like so it's like our our like who's to say what could have been done better and what could have what was the right choice i'm sure that neil Druckmann, who has written uncharted 4 uh i think he's written all the uncharted games actually well there you go like he has way more experience than a good chunk of people, and I think it's. I mean, not only that, he also <laughs> created this. You know, he yeah. he helped develop and create game the uh, much of the most iconic games that Naughty Dog has put out, and like 
I imagine for the player, you know, yeah, it hurts, but and and it sucks. But it was probably a much more harder decision for for him to be like, you know, I know if I do this one thing, it might divide divide the fan base. You know, it might divide people from this game. But he has to find a reason to justify for doing this reason. You know, I I think I can end off my point on saying like. It's very understandable for people to hate it and to not like it, right? The decisions. But I don't think it's justified in, like, disowning people who like it or review bombing it for your sake of, like, Mm -hmm. not liking a certain aspect. Yeah, I feel very much the same. I I said it before earlier that I feel... I, I. understand 100% why you may not like the game, but I also understand 100% why you may like the game. It's it's very much to elicit um, an emotion out of you and elicit a reaction from you, but also for you to understand why he's doing this, you know? With, with that being said, what would you rate the game? Hmm whether or not you want to do it out of 5 or out of 10 or whatever scaling you want to do it what would you rate it I'll do it out of out of brains <laughs> uh let me see I thought I this is something I keep thinking about it's it's almost a game I don't want to rate cuz like there are parts that I really really love about this game also parts that also make it drag for me and kind of slow it down for me and I also there's also parts where it's very controversial, just like we said. Like I like you can 100% agree on some things and 100% disagree on some things as well. I think I'd have to give this game like maybe ah I almost I really don't want to rate it. How about you? How, how what would you rate it? <laughs> I I I personally I will emphasize personally. We'll say nine and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. I, um, to summarize, I guess like graphics like would be ten out of ten. Um, story I think would be nine out of ten. A gameplay ten out of ten. Like I, my one of my regrets is that there's not enough bear to dog to play with. <laughs> They even humanize the dogs. Can you imagine that? <laughs> when you play through as as Abby, you're like, "Thank goodness there's a dog there to help me kill this infected." <laughs> but I, I, uh, I, I guess a little bit more serious. I think you could have had a little bit more time with Joel. Like maybe drag out that, um, like maybe give us like one more hour. Like have the yeah. Abby killing scene be a little bit down the road. That's kind of what drags the game a lot for me, is the pacing. There's a lot of pacing issues for me where it kind of drags the story down and makes it slower. And, like, there could have been, like, flashback scenes that could have taken place in the beginning I, rather than, uh, like, halfway through, like, the random at middle and end parts of the game. I I understand completely why they put the flashbacks where they put them because I think it helps show um, Ellie's journey. It, like, it mm-hmm. shows... Um, their relationship um i i 
I I liked how they paced that as opposed to having that in the beginning. I think it it gave me like a good little break in between like the <laughs> the main story and like it it's still the flashbacks are still part of the main story, but it's it, it, like it it gave you perspective and like it helped you see how much the relationship really meant. Mm-hmm. With that mm-hmm. being said, I, I I stand by my uh, nine and a half out of ten. Um, until I play Ghost of Tsushima and maybe Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I yeah. think I think it will be hard for me to commit to saying it could be game of the year. Maybe like like fifty out of like fifty percent chance it could be, depending on how Tsushima and Cyberpunk go. Well, there's no doubt that this one will get a nomination at least. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My rating, I've, I, I, there. What what I was going, what was I gonna say was that like, for me, the issues of pacing, it feels like there was a large part of the game that was just cut out, and like. They just decided to make it into flashbacks, and there are also that one that one part where like you play as Ellie, and then it gets to this climactic, exciting part, and then they just cut it, and then you have to play like a whole another ten hours of another part of this game, and then that's where you get to see the whole full circle begin. I don't know. Like, I feel like it could have done it could have been done better, as in terms of like how it could have been done better. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just some dude. Who, who, who plays the games and watches movies. I think I would have to give the game maybe... <sighs> maybe an 8 out of 10. I th- I definitely like the first game a little bit more in terms of, of pacing and gameplay and storytelling. But this, no doubt, no, no doubt has a very compelling and intri- intriguing story and very strong performances from all the actors across the board and it doubled da- it doubles down on everything they have established in the first game mm-hmm. uh with that being said would you want to talk about the hbo show uh yeah so this is like a, a last minute add-on that we thought of because hbo is now licensing the IP to make a show of The Last of Us video game. And we thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of, of fan fiction. <laughs> Some fan mm. casting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess we from, could... From... Or... Um, okay, so I think what we know of the show, right, is it's mainly going to be I guess it's part mainly one. Gonna right? be, yeah, it's mainly just going to be part of the first game. So, it's only... We're only gonna we're gonna throw out random ideas and actors for the fan casting of like Joel and Ellie. I I heard they could tie in a little bit of part two. Mm. I don't know how far into part two. Maybe that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I guess the easiest maybe (laughs) casting would be Ellie, right? Oh, you you can have a Ellen. You could have a Ellen Page because she sued Naughty Dog for her likeness. <laughs> or would you be on board with like 
a hundred percent of people that want to say like Caitlyn never. Yeah, I could. My only thing with like casting Caitlyn Dever would probably be age, because what is she like twenty three, about our, around our age now, yeah. and like Ellie when you first meet her, she's only like what thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. You uh, could always cast someone young and just say like, "Hey, you know, we kind of look like seventeen, but she's actually 15. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> she can be Ellie." I uh, I would have said uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, Stranger Thing, uh, Billy Bobby Brown. <laughs> Billy Bobby Brown? No, it's Billy Bobby Bobby okay. Brown. <laughs> Billy Jobby Brown? A little side note, though. I feel like Logan was very much a Last of Us type story. Mm-hmm. That is true. It's just the mute. This is just the the mutant version of Last of Us, isn't it? Yeah. Like that being said, I I a hundred percent support Hugh Jackman as Joel. I I he could be a he he doesn't have to get as buff, you know. He doesn't have to starve himself and eat six chickens a day to get ripe for the right the role of Joel. But I think he what he what he brings to the table is emoting that that gruffness and that anger that Joel harbors inside, you know. And also the pain and the anguish that he has felt over the years. I, yeah. But I think a lot of people are also on board with Nick, Nick like Costa Waldo, which I'm also 100 percent on. Like, if you've seen Game of Thrones, the dude, the dude's great. Dude's awesome. Um, <clears throat> I think I can throw some like wild cards just to see like if maybe. They could work. Um, mm-hmm. One of mine's um, like Ethan Hawke. I think like he's a very underrated actor. Like, um, what like one of my favorite trilogies of movies is like the Before trilogies, like Before Sunrise, Sunset, and Midnight trilogy. Mm-hmm. He's just really good, and like he's really good. At drama with a Gattaca and um I think another one could be like Jamie Foxx if they do decide to go like a different race um he has a very good track record with like Django um Ray there's Mm -hmm. even like Baby Driver that he was in um, the only thing I would be concerned about Jamie Foxx's scheduling. Yeah, I know he's doing that Mike Tyson movie. John Hamm, in a way, I think I could see fit. Mm, everyone's second favorite Batman. <laughs> um, uh, these are more kind of not so serious, but maybe like it could work, like. John Lucozamo, Gerard Butler. Like I could, I want to see a redemption arc for him. Like, <laughs> we revitalize his career instead of doing disaster movies. Yeah, like <laughs> like, like Geostorm. <laughs> yeah, like speaking of Casarwaldo, like the co-stars of uh, Gods of Egypt, 2016's best movie. <laughs> mm. Not really. Um, 
Nick Offerman, I could see work. Nick oh. Offerman, why? <laughs> he has like the manly, like, like you see his voice, you see his like, look. Like, look at him, he's like very gruff looking. And I think that's gonna work in like an apocalyptic world, right? I, I, I can't see Nick Offerman. <laughs> I just see him cooking. I, I just see him grilling hamburgers. <laughs> I mean, and then, like, I guess one of my other choices, it's kind of like, he's a bit young, but maybe like, Charlie on him. I think he would be better as Tommy, though, if they do decide to get someone like him. Charlie Hunnam. I think he could probably do a Tommy. Probably too young though for a Joel. How about like a uh, what's it like maybe David or like Tess or even Bill? Since oh. we spent so much time on like Joel. We're talking about we're talking about fan casting earlier, but it'd be interesting to see um uh Nick, if it does happen, Nick like Costa Waddle's co-star. And everyone's favorite uh, incest sister from Game of Thrones, uh, Lena Headey. <laughs> She'd Tess. be an interesting... Yes, Tess, yeah. Or Maria? No, I, 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 I could see her as like a Tess. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, who was I going to pick for... Uh, for... Uh, David. Oh, you talked about oh, Sarah Jerome Rockwell. Oh, Sarah Rockwell could be a cool cannibal. <laughs> he, he has that uh, manipulative and like that menacing tone that he brought. Uh, if you've seen uh, Seven Psychopaths, he he does have that manipulative uh, chops to be a David of like trying to get you to come to your to his camp and like lead you on and then eventually just kills you off but Jerome Flynn would would also be a a good uh, actor to pick for David I mean he looks the part but he's also a great actor from Game of Thrones um I know I know Tom Payne the guy that plays Jesus from The Walking Dead is a bit young like 37 but I think he could do like another like Tom, or he could do maybe David if you like, if you saw him in like Prodigal Son. No, hello, <laughs> what? Hello? I'm here, I'm here. Did, did, did you uh, see Prodigal Son? No. Or like some of it? No, yeah. I was I was looking up Tom Payne right now. <laughs> I think he could... Isn't this the guy? Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of the other Walking Dead co-star who did Red Skull in uh, Endgame and Infinity War. The, the Hugo Weaving, like... Uh... Impersonator? Yeah. Yeah, he's also on The Walking Dead. I think he plays, like, uh, like one of the main characters. He was also like the like the friend of of Jesus in the show oh. when they killed Jesus. <laughs> Who is he? Wait, what's the actor's name? I forgot. He was in The Walking Dead. He's like the gay one. Oh. 
literally he has like he's like gay yeah. in the show and then he has like he's like friends with jesus hello marlene i i threw out rosario dawson before uh i'll toss my hat in the ring and i'll throw an oprah <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't who wouldn't fall for oprah and be like Oh my God, she's so good with this cure stuff. She's convincing me to fall for this cure stuff. Let's let's really go for it. If she can get a hundred thousand million people to band around her show, she she can get twice as much people to band around a cure for humanity. <laughs> Didn't people like turn on Oprah and uh, Ellen DeGeneres like more recently? Before that controversy. Before that controversy. Okay. <laughs> I would love to see Dominic Monaghan in some sort of fashion. Oh, really? He could be a cannibal too. He looked like a cannibal. <laughs> um, you've you've mentioned wanting Vigo Mortensen. Oh yeah, he would have been a he would be a great Joel if you've seen The Road, which is a great performance by Vigo Mortensen. It's essentially The Last of Us, before The Last of Us, <laughs> and he has to take care of his son and like. They're traversing through like the wasteland of of what's left now, and like everybody's like scavenging around for supplies and whatnot. After like, I believe a, a virus kills off a, a, a population. Mm-hmm. I, I could see him as being a good a great Joel after seeing the the road, but I just don't know if he dedicate himself to doing that type of role again. Um. Yeah. Going back to Joel a little bit, since we talked about it again, uh, how about Carl Urban? Oh, that'd be interesting as Joel. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I could also see him as a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's just like every actor <laughs> that I could see as. I also throw them in the bin of also a cannibal. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know Carl Urban was a Kiwi. Like, I didn't know he's New Zealand. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? That's why he's in Thor Ragnarok, dude. Oh, I thought he might have been, like, Australian. I remember watching him in Star Trek and thinking, like, oh, this dude's so cool. And I saw Judge Dredd, and this, I was like, this dude's badass. And, I, and then I, watched, I listened to his voice for the first time through, like, a YouTube video. I'm like, yo. He's not. I didn't know he was. He wasn't American. <laughs> Still cool though. Um. So I think that'd be it for the, our podcast, right? Talk about yeah. everything about Last of Us Two. We did our small review of what we thought about the first game. Talked about the second part. Ooh. Even did some some of your favorite. Uh, Fan fiction dreams of fan casting. Uh, do you think you'll come back to the game? Um, do you think? Uh, do you think you replay it? I'll I'll do it in New Game Plus with like, um, Survivor. Oh, I'm even thinking about like turning the HUD off because I saw some clips and it looks amazing without like the HUD. No, I I I'm. I'm I'm too reliant on that stuff. 
just playing on the medium, the the, the second to hardest difficulty was was challenging enough for me. So I'm definitely gonna be playing on new game plus, but um, but the same with the same settings, you know. Maybe wow. I'll put in the black and white filter. That it looks nice though. Have you seen that the black and white filter? Oh, did they add it? I I think I saw I saw uh some screenshots of it of on on like Twitter or something. I think people you can play in, in the black and white filter already. Oh, okay. If not, then maybe future soon. But definitely, I think we're all both of us are gonna be replaying the game again. Yeah. Um, we heard I, our thoughts and opinions. I think I at least do it until maybe like Tsushima comes out, and then I'll play that, mm-hmm. and then the time between then and like Cyberpunk, I'll replay either one mm-hmm. i'm just gonna do it for the trophies because <laughs> yeah. i'm a completionist and i want to upgrade all my perks and all my guns and all my skill trees and whatnot and find all the collectibles because edited for the first game might as well do it for the second game you know yeah and i think that's all we have to say is there anything else you want to say mark um no i was trying to think of a quote from last of us too but I can't. Uh, with that being said, I'll say a quote from Last of Us 2. Um, this has been the Mark and Mark podcast. And <laughs> good night, kiddos. Good night.